listening to the Wilkesbury Stratton Penguins podcast. The best place to break the ice with your favorite player. Springfield racing the other way. Will that trying to defend without a stick? Here's a drop pass. Wrist shot. Glove save. Magnus Helberg. Oh, a quick flash of the leather there by the Swedish netminder. So get loud, get fired up, and get ready to rock with your host, Nick Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. Have to thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of our podcast. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. A happy holidays to everyone, because it is that time of year, that very special time of year. And so we have a very special guest with us on this episode of the Penguins podcast. Joining me today is Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins goaltender Magnus Helberg taking some time out of his day after practice. He's got a baby at home, but he says, you know what? Call the sitter. I'm going to sit down with Nick for the podcast. Helly, how are we doing? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you on, too. We knew uh, pretty early on this season that, hey, Magnus Helberg, he's one of the guys. We're going to have to sit him down for the podcast at some <laughs> point here. You got a little bit of a break from me with your uh, call up your couple weeks there in Pittsburgh, but now that you're back yeah. here with the Pens, had to get you on the podcast. I here couldn't hide anymore. Man. No, you could not. I was <laughs> tracking you down tooth and nail to put the headset on and chat with you here. And since I finally have wrangled you down and we got you here in the big chair in the studio, I'll start by asking about the the baby. I just referenced it before. How is dad life treating Magnus Helberg so far? Uh, no, it's uh, it's actually been unbelievable. Yeah? Uh, I think you have to obviously experience it to know how it really is. Mm-hmm. Like people always try to tell me before she came to this world how it's going to be but no it's it's been great obviously it's uh it's a life-changing event obviously for the better yes uh, but uh it's, it's been great uh my my fiance has been in great in all of this too and uh our little daughter freya she's uh she was born on the 7th of may 7th of May, okay. So she's almost seven months. Seven months. Does that math work out? I'm terrible at basic Two arithmetic. days. Two days to seven months? Yeah. There we go. So it's going fast. Flying uh, but by. Yeah, no, she's awesome. You I men- love it. Yeah, you mentioned that You know, people, they try and tell you. They try and prepare you and say, hey, it's going to change your life. It's going to feel like this or that, but you can't truly appreciate it, soak it all in until it actually happened. We've had a number of new fathers on the podcast uh, in our years doing this show before. and Everybody says the same thing as you, is that doesn't matter how many times people tell you, you cannot truly appreciate it until that, that day arrives, and that's the case for you too, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And obviously with our lifestyle, it's a little different. Yeah, no um, kidding. And we kind of said, since we kind of have a lot of time off in the summer, mm-hmm. we kind of said a little bit, if we can, obviously you never know. You never know. Uh it would be nice to try to plan it a little bit. Okay. That we have the baby in the summer if we can. Yeah. And we ended up uh, obviously getting her in the summer. Yeah. So we had the whole summer together as a little family in the in the little summer bubble. Um, to have those first couple months uh, was really nice because I've seen some players uh, when I played overseas as well that have the baby in season. Yeah. When the their girl was giving birth back in their home country and they yeah. just saw the baby for a couple of days and then they had and to then go they back. shoot back out. Exactly. Yeah. So I think uh, we're really fortunate to to be able to have those first couple months in the off season together as a family. The plan worked out. 
It did. It did. <laughs> so it, it's been great. So yeah, no, just adapting now to the in-season lifestyle and yeah. Yeah, you mentioned how unique the lifestyle is as a professional athlete, not to mention one coming from uh, another country Mm. here and all that. You mentioned to me before when you came back from Pittsburgh that that you and your fiance, you guys are moving experts at this point, not not just between (laughs) bebop and between northeast Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, but across countries, across oceans, all with an infant daughter in the process. You guys are aces now at this point, right? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. Obviously, I think it started last season with me getting picked on waivers a oh couple my times. That was nuts, right? So what, uh, for people who, who might not know, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but like no you signed with Seattle, Seattle mm-hmm. didn't play for the Kraken, got claimed on waivers by Ottawa. Right after training camp. Got claimed back on waivers by Seattle. Yeah, exactly, because I think they were a little bummed out that Ottawa – Took you in the first place. Yeah, exactly, because I kind of signed in Seattle going in as the number third goalie, so I kind of expected already that I was going to get sent down after training camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then Talbot uh, got an injury, broke his rib right after training camp, so they kind of needed a goalie. Ottawa needed a goalie. And they liked me, so they picked me, uh, and I was there for uh, maybe two, one and a half, two months, I think. Yeah. And my fiance came from Sweden to Ottawa, so she didn't make it to Seattle. No for training camp. She was hanging back with the baby. No, or no this is pre-baby. Was, pre-baby. Yeah, my pre-baby. Bad, my bad. So my bad. she was pregnant yeah. at the time. Okay. So she came to Ottawa, and then uh, when I had a great stint in Ottawa, but obviously Tablet came back and he mm-hmm. made a lot of money. So obviously he's their guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I had to kind of thank you for your service, but we don't need you anymore. Yes. Uh, so they put me on waivers again. And obviously Seattle Seattle plucks me. you back. Exactly. But um, then it couldn't just be that simple for you to go back to Seattle because then so, Detroit enters the fray. Yeah. And I learned a lot about waivers last year because it's a lot of rules. Yes, exactly. But Seattle wanted me to obviously be in their organization. Mm-hmm. So they tried to send me down to, to Coachella Valley. Exactly. But since another team... We don't know which one. But another team tried to claim me off waivers as well. Okay. Which meant that I couldn't go through waivers without... They could send me down without waivers. Oh, oh okay. I, I see what you're saying. So, but since so another team put in a claim as well... The previous time. Exactly. There was an existing claim, so they had to keep you on their main roster. They couldn't put exactly. you directly in Coachella Valley. So okay. that's why I went on waivers again. See, these are the, the minutiae rules yeah, that people don't crazy. know about, or in my case, I knew about and completely forgot until yeah. you brought it up right now. Yeah, it's crazy. So their plan was obviously to just send me down to Coachella, but, but since someone Mystery tried to claim team. me, yeah. and then obviously Detroit came in and claimed me as well. <laughs> so then I just moved. Yeah, so... It was a crazy season. We had a lot of fun. It was tough, obviously. Yeah. With my fiance being fully pregnant. Yeah. Getting different doctors, you know, like trying to get the, the life outside the ring to work as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy she, she has been really supportive for me to obviously live my dream in all this. But, uh, yeah, hopefully this year it's going to be a little bit more settling. A little settled down yeah. a little bit here. Exactly. Let's, let's be cool, especially now that the baby is is here and healthy. Like, let's, let's be yeah. cool about this, everybody. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I don't think people realize necessarily is there's a lot of other crazy stuff that goes with going from country to country. Mm. You'd probably get all your immigration visa stuff figured out to play for the Seattle Kraken in the U.S. Then you get claimed by a team in Canada 
there's different rules, things that have to get taken care of. You get claimed back to the U.S. Like exactly. any possible headache that you could possibly think of out there that goes into all of these moves, you have to deal with it. And you have to deal with it swiftly. Oh yeah, too, for sure. Because the team wants you to play. Yeah, no, it's part of it. A funny thing, like when I got picked by back to Seattle from Ottawa. Okay. So the deadline is at two o'clock. Yes. So at two in the afternoon, I get to know if any team claimed me or not. Mm-hmm. So Seattle obviously claimed me. Um, and the thing is, everybody gets to know at the same time if you get claimed or not. Yeah, you don't know ahead of time. You no. can't pack your bags. You find out the same time as us, pretty and much. And the th- fastest way to understand if you get picked or not is through Twitter or yeah. X. As it's. Yeah. So you're updating your name because the journalists get the – the list, the list from the NHL, at the same time as everybody else, and mm-hmm. the journalist wants to be the first one to put out the news. Yeah, so it's so you update your your own name uh, at two o'clock, and then it and com- you're just refreshing exactly. for five to ten minutes, yeah. seeing what's coming exactly. through. Exactly, and then it came. Yeah, Seattle claimed me back. They called me at two thirty, thirty minutes after, mm-hmm. saying there's a flight in two and a half hours. You have to be on that because you need to be for our game tomorrow yeah. in Seattle. We don't have another goalie. We don't have another goalie. Can you make it? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I'm going to give it a shot, just right? Just pack my bags. But obviously, I had to leave my fiance in Ottawa to mm-hmm. take care of our apartment and pack everything else. So she had to stay back for a little bit to get her visa and stuff, too. So it's like, that's it's but, crazy not, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. The stuff people, people don't think about. think about it. But obviously, <laughs> you can't complain either because it's part of the business. But it's. I just want to let people know that it's a different aspect of this as well. Like there's a person behind it and a family behind it. So even though it's just like, yeah, but you make a lot of money, so you shouldn't complain. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining, but you got to understand the whirlwind (laughs) that happens and how dizzying and disorienting it can be. So with all that that happened last year, now it's like we faced everything. Yeah. We know kind of how it is. Uh, So you just go with the flow. Don't try to pack too much coming <laughs> over from Sweden. Yeah. Because you know it can change in a heartbeat. So, no, it's been fun. It's a, it's a great journey. Always, yeah. Life always has surprises for yeah. you. A career in, in professional hockey will always have surprises for you too. Yeah. Um, has there been anything that's caught you off guard in, in parenthood so far? Like we said, people try and p- prepare you the best you can. But has anything uh, caught you off kilter? Um, no. I don't know. It's hard to say because you kind of learn new stuff uh, all the time. Yeah. Obviously, the sleep. Uh, I'm a big sleep guy. Like I value my sleep a yes, lot. Yes. Okay. But obviously, the first couple of months, there's not, not an option. Yeah. Not an option. So you, you someone have, else is calling the shots. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to try to find a way to get that going. But no, I'm an expert at changing diapers now. I think oh, I'm, you got it down to a science. I'm under thirty seconds for sure. Have you pulled out the stopwatch? No, and, not really. Time but I know I'm fast. I know I'm <laughs> I fast. <know> fast. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of of uh, like combine testing dads diaper changes. I uh, feel like that's the thing. Yeah. We always try to affect. Like we always try to be as effective as possible. Yeah, right? it's all about efficiency. Exactly, efficiency. And, that's also the word I was looking and for. And especially if you're tracking it too, then it's just like, well, I got to beat the last time. Yeah. Like that competitive edge exactly. kicks in as well. No, but she's the best. She's uh, sleeping really good now lately. It's it's awesome. I've been taking obviously when we play play and have practice and stuff, mm-hmm. my girl takes a bigger load. But yeah. now when we have like some days off and stuff. I really try to to help out and and do my part. 
uh, so I've been having some early mornings with her the last couple of days here when we yeah. kind of had days off. Uh, and it's great. It gives you a whole lot. You don't have the, the problems you had before. It's not really that important or big anymore. They all tend you, to evaporate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little bit of perspective. Yeah. That's great. Oh, she's awesome. And that's part of the reason why we're so grateful that you joined us here on the podcast because you've got those other bigger responsibilities, but you were so kind to, to hop on the headset with me here. I yeah, sure. uh, want to talk a little bit more about your career, Magnus, because uh, pro hockey guys get to play in a lot of great, amazing places, but you are truly a globetrotter, a guy mm-hmm. who grew up in Sweden, gets drafted, comes to play in the United States then goes and becomes an all-star in Russia and the KHL with also a stop in China with Kunlun Red Star. Yeah. You got to tell me about China. I don't think it was their first season, Red Star. I think you were there for their, their second, second season. Yeah, their but second. still, I imagine that was as cuckoo crazy of an experience as a guy could get in pro hockey, a, a Chinese expansion team in a Russian hockey league. <sighs> yeah. Now when I think back, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> No, I, I have to think, I have to start a little bit further back. Go ahead. I was, uh, I think I was a late bloomer. I was playing in Sweden. Uh, didn't play the highest junior league. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wasn't in the loop to get drafted or anything. Uh, but then I came up to the senior team in my home city uh, that played in the second division in Sweden, in the Alsvenska, yep. Almtuna. And I had a really good year then. Uh, so I already missed two draft years. Okay, yeah. So then I came up and had a really good season here, and they're like, wait, who's this guy? Where, where is he coming from? So I had a good year there. I got drafted by Nashville, mm-hmm. which was also crazy. I went to the draft, and I got drafted as the first goalie that year Yep. in the second round, 38 overall, which was crazy. I just went there because my agent paid for the trip. He's like, <laughs> do you want to go to the draft? Because uh, sure, you might guess, get yeah. drafted. I'm like, well, I pay him money anyways, like – we should go and have a good time. I had no expectations because I, I didn't even know. Where was the draft that year? Where in Minnesota. Was it in Minnesota? St. Okay. Paul, Minnesota, yeah. Uh, and we went and, like, obviously it was crazy coming from Sweden, seeing the draft and, you know, like, this is crazy. The whole process and everything. Exactly. And we had a great time. First round came on the Friday, just looking at all these great players getting picked. And uh, second round started on the Saturday, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, they said my name, and the the commentators took them like three minutes to even know who I was. That I was really because they didn't know they who stumped I was. Them. Yeah, they didn't know I was a goalie. First goalie off the board, and they were like, "What? <laughs> Wait, who's this?" Uh, which was a crazy memory, and I was really happy I went there because I had no expectations. I could really like I could easily go in the sixth round. I had yeah. no idea. So that turned out great. Went back to Sweden, played in Frölunda in the highest division yes. that year after. Uh, I came obviously. Uh, with no experience playing in that team. And my other goalie partner that year was Frederick Anderson. Okay. Pretty decent goalie. That's He's all right, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And he came from the Danish league. Yeah. So we had two goalies, me and him. That had no that, experience yeah, at the top level. nobody knew, like, who are these guys? And Frölunda is like a big club back home. So Massive. they have a lot of expectations. And mm-hmm. that's Henrik Lundqvist's old team. Yep. Um, and his twin brother was actually the, the captain of that team. When you were playing there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gothenburg, for those who might want to point it on a map. Exactly. And we ended up having a great year there as well. And then both me and Frederick Anderson went over to play, obviously, overseas here. And I did three years with Nashville's organization. I was in Milwaukee most of my time. I was up and down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Didn't quite make it. Um, 
then Yusuf Soros came in. Yes. As Nashville's future, really. Yeah, future. top goaltending yeah. prospect. So they were like, yeah, we don't have uh, like room for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So they traded me to Rangers, Yes, which was awesome. Had two years there in their organization, was up and down a little bit. Yep. But I felt after those five years trying to make it full-time to the NHL, like I haven't quite made it yet. I'm 25, 26. Uh-huh. And now I'm going to go to where the Chinese team comes into the Yes, picture. this is where this all comes yeah, around. Yeah, so after that season with the Rangers, my last year, they had Lundqvist, obviously. Mm-hmm. Antti Ranta was the second goalie, the backup goalie. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of looking for a new backup for the next year. And obviously, I wanted that spot. Yes. Because uh, that's what my was my goal. Yeah. But they couldn't give me any... Definitively, you're the guy. Exactly. And they couldn't give me anything. And obviously... Uh, the NHL signs contract a lot later than other leagues yeah. in the world. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't have anything on the table from Rangers, mm-hmm. but then the Chinese team came into the picture and said, hey, we can offer you this contract. You have one week to decide. To answer. You got one week. And that was kind of the only option I had. At the time, at, yeah. In the KHL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, what I'm gonna do here? Like, I had no idea about do like, do I want to give up my dream? Because I kind of felt felt like if I say yes to this contract and leave America, it feels like I give up on my dream to make I'm it. I'm quitting. To the NHL yeah. full time. Uh-huh. I've been doing my time here for five years. I've been up and down a little bit, didn't, but haven't made it full time. Yeah. Should I do this? And I was like. In the moment, it was such a tough call. And I tried to yeah. tell the Rangers, like, hey, can you give me anything if you want to resign me or not? And it was so early because the season just ended. Yeah. The playoffs have, had just ended in, yeah. in New York. And they couldn't give me anything. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was freaking out. Um, but one thing also was that if you want to play for the national team in Sweden, yes, to be able to do that when you're in America – you have to be a full-time NHLer. Yes. If you're in the minors, you can't really play in the national team. Yeah. Uh, but if you play in the KHL or in the Swiss League yes. or in the Swedish They'll League. They'll give you a harder look. They have a couple tournaments throughout the season that normally American players or players that play in America. North America, yeah. yeah they can't attend those. Yeah. Uh, and that was a big part of my goals too, to represent my home country. Yeah a dream coming like when I was a little kid. So that was a selling point. Even though the team is in China, it's like I'm going to have a chance to play in some Exactly. So I always felt like if I go to the KHL and have a good year, I might have a chance to play for the Swedish national team as well. Okay. Uh, so obviously I was 25, been in the minors for a while, all my friends over here signing big contracts. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I'm 25, 26. I don't know how long I can play. I haven't made that much money playing in the minors compared to what you make in the NHL. Of course. So I felt like, okay, I might have a family soon. I have to try to do something here. Mm -hmm. So I accepted the offer in China, went there, uh, and we had the best time ever. We lived in Shanghai. The best time ever. Yeah, looking back on it, obviously I was scared when I said yes because I felt like I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I had no clue how is it. Am I going to move to China? Do they, do they even know what hockey, hockey is, is in China? Yeah. Second year of the team. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up having a, a great year. We lived in Shanghai. Uh, great city, international city with really, like, the uh, the city is crazy. Really, no, yeah, yeah. Shanghai, I loved it. 
great Michelin restaurants. Food was great. Uh, the whole team was a bunch of Canadian Americans, Finnish guys, mm-hmm. Swedish guys. So it kind of felt like you still played on a American team. Yeah, like a team over here. You exactly. got a bunch of different countries yeah. over here. It's not like you were the one Swedish guy on a team full of Russians or a no, team full exactly. of Chinese guys. Yeah. And our head coach was. Uh, Mike Keenan. Mike Keenan, the legendary Iron Mike Keenan. Exactly. So no, it was. Uh, we ended up having a pretty good year. I had a really good year myself. Uh, so looking back on it, we had a great time with the team. Uh, obviously, the traveling was crazy. Because how far are you from the next closest team? I, I can't remember. Probably a couple of hours. Because there's some teams in Russia that is close to the Chinese border. Yeah. But we had like two weeks in China playing a few home games. Right. Then we traveled to Russia. Let's say you went to St. Petersburg, which was mm-hmm. like 10-hour flight. Oh, wow. Okay. You played in Russia for like maybe two weeks, and you cha- you changed time zone. So yes. I think in China, uh, they only have one time in okay. the entire country. Yeah. Even though it's a really big country. Yeah, one universal time. Exactly. So you, you had your time zone in China, went to Russia change time zone so yes. you were jet lagged yes for like a week yes it was like seven hour time change mm-hmm. played your games right when you started to get used to the time zone in russia uh-huh back to china back to china and then you were jet lagged in china for a while because you were trying to get yeah. back yeah so it felt like you were playing jet lag the whole season whole season long but no it was it was a lot of fun it was the hockey is really fun over there we we had a, a a good group of guys, uh, and I ended up playing every tournament with the national team that year as well. Yeah, so everything really works out for you. You play yeah. good hockey. You have a tremendous life experience, um, despite the difficulties of the travel, and you get to represent the Swedish national team. The things that you had in the back of your mind whenever you made that move, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I had a lot of good memories. I was lucky enough to be part of uh, the Olympic team that year in mm-hmm. South Korea for Team Sweden. And uh, I ended up playing on the World Championship team yes. as well. And I was the only player from the KHL. Or I was the only player on that team that didn't play in the NHL. So it was all year. NHLers for yeah. Team Sweden and me. Magnus Helberg. <laughs> and we ended up, uh, uh, it was me and Anders Nilsson. Okay. Those the goal is, uh, and we ended up winning the golds. So for doing that, my first season with the the national team is a memory I will never forget. It's one of my best memories in my career so far, hundred so percent. Correct. Was... Correct me if I'm wrong. You've how many times you've been to Worlds? Twice for Sweden or twice. three times? Okay, twice. You are undefeated at the World Championships. You have never lost while <laughs> wearing true. the Trey Kroner at the IHF Knock on Worlds. Yeah. Knock on Woods. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> hopefully, some more opportunities in the future. More opportunities to get some more dubs. Yeah, of course. Sweden. No, so. I love representing my country. I think it's uh, something I honor very much. I feel like it's uh, it's an amazing feeling, especially standing there on the blue line, hearing your your own uh, country's national anthem. Uh, so no, it's something I, I love to do. So hopefully, I can do that more in the future. What I love about international play, and and I guess I should backpedal a little bit here, because um, here in the United States. Uh, patriotism is a big deal. Everyone loves their country. Everyone loves to wear the stars and stripes for, once again, any sort of international event. And we understand, like, yeah, America, USA, like, this rules. And I think sometimes we can forget, like, other people from Sweden, from Finland, from Russia. 
they love their country too, and they like yeah. to wear wear their uniform, wear their colors, wear that flag. I love how an international play, you don't play the anthems before the game, like we do here before every game. We hear yeah. the national anthem. You win the game, they raise your country's flag, and everyone sings the national anthem. Especially if you win gold, like everyone's just yeah. out there singing in pure jubilation. Exactly, that's the good stuff yeah. right there. Whatever country it is that wins, they play the anthem afterwards, and it rules every time. Yeah. No, it was awesome, and I obviously winning the gold. We had we we won it in Copenhagen. So okay. when we were flying back with our airplane, we had the fighter jets on each side of the plane, what? escorting us back to Sweden. And just that thing, you're sitting on the plane celebrating, and you're like, "This is crazy." You're on the plane celebrating. <laughs> you've got your gold medal, and there's and the fighter, fighter jet jets is on waving your to you on the side of the <laughs> the flight. It was nuts. That's incredible. Yeah. Not often people get the fighter jet no. escort going anywhere, let alone after winning exactly. a hockey championship. And then coming back to Sweden, seeing the royal family and meeting them and all the fa- – like, yeah. It's – you got to pinch yourself in the arm with the stuff you, you get to see and do when you when you have this, uh, this hobby as you obviously have as a work. Like, it's crazy. I love it. Every second of it. Fantastic memories, great moments throughout your career. Have you had a favorite place? Could you choose one out of all the places you've been in your career? Because, like I said, you've been globetrotting all over the place. I don't know. It's so hard. I actually, we, I was talking to my fiance a couple of weeks ago about all the places we've actually yeah. lived in, uh, and I think we've been pretty lucky to to hit some good spots here. Obviously, because you got Nashville, <sighs> incredible, nah, the Big Apple, New exactly. York. You talked about Shanghai already. Shanghai always, uh, it was crazy. I lived three years in St. Petersburg, Petersburg in Russia, which is, uh, that city is so beautiful. Yeah. It's only one hour flight from Sweden, Stockholm. Oh, so really? So if we had a so day a off, we, yeah. yeah. And like the architecture there, is, it's a lot of waters, rivers coming into the city. I really like that city a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then my last year in, in the KHL, we lived in Sochi which is like the Russian Riviera. Yes. Which is close to Turkey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we actually lived, during that season, we lived in that old Olympic village. Oh, okay. Right by the water. So it's like a vacation spot. So you have the mountains in the background 30 minutes away in car. So yeah. So you're overlooking the ocean, and it's like a vacation spot. Everybody comes there for vacation. It's really nice weather. And then you look back, and you see all the mountains. You can go ski. So it, not it was, a bad spot. So that's not a bad spot either. Yeah. So we've, but that would be an underrated one because I think a lot of people would circle major cities like yeah. New York, St. Petersburg. No. Not a lot of people would think of Sochi, Russia no, exactly. as like this uh, vacation spot, if you will. Yeah, no, exactly. So, no, we've been lucky enough to to hit some of the good spots. So I can't really say any favorite spot because I think all of them have their different charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of happy with all of them. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Hopefully someday I get a chance to knock off everywhere on the, the Magnus Helberg tour. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like I said, there's some tremendous cities in there. Yeah. Um, as we continue here on the podcast, I want to knock through a recurring segment that we mm-hmm. do here on the show, Magnus. What we do is I have the previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. So they don't know who they're asking the question to, but I say it can be about anything in the world. Nothing is off the table. Okay, wow. With that in mind, Magnus, are you prepared for me to pop the question? I'm trying to think. Well, who was the, your last guest on the podcast? Okay. Do you want to know who the last guest was? 
You hit me with a question first. Okay, question first. Question first. Okay. This is following a trend from the previous, previous episode's guest where the question has turned into a riddle. Are you good at solving riddles? No, I'm not. All right. Well, let's see how you do here. Who knows? Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe this yeah. one's right up your alley. The more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? The more of me you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? Take a second. No, people that listening to this is probably like, this one is so easy. Uh, it would have got me. <laughs> it would have got me. I cheat because I know the answer, but I would have sat here for hours and not really? gotten it. Yeah. Can you hit me that again? The more of me you take, the more you leave behind. The more of me you take, the more you leave behind. What time. am I? Time. What makes you say time? The more of me you take. Maybe the more you, you leave can't behind. take time, but you know, like you kind of take time in a way. Like the more time you get. Uh huh. The more you leave behind because you past. leave exactly. Okay, I like where your head's at here. But I don't know. If it's the that right is not answer. the answer that we were given. <laughs> but I do like your thought process. Yeah, exactly. You did go through it. Yeah, you didn't just throw it away and go. I don't know. You gave uh, an answer. I have no clue. This do you want to try again? I did like that answer, but it is not mm, the one we were providing. Eh, wrong. Eh, wrong. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Correct answer was footsteps. The more you take, the more you leave behind. Footsteps. Yeah. Okay. I like your time answer, but I would. It's al- kind of the same thing. Same it's concept, just... but I would argue that time also has a future. There is some ahead of you. Yeah. At but all it's times. Like with steps too, you have some steps is in front of you. If you, you know what I mean. Metaphorical steps. Yeah. Not a exactly. physical step though. That's true. Anytime you step forward, you leave them behind. The more steps you take, the more get left behind. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they've somehow turned into riddles. They don't have to be riddles. I always tell the guys that, but we're on a riddle kick right now this season. Did uh, uh, So was it the last guest that did this question or the one so, before so that? So two before did a riddle, left the riddle for the previous episode's guest. Who was that the guy previous? Answered. The previous previous? No, the, the one that, that left it for you? Yeah. Then I would encourage you and the listeners out there to visit the Wilkes-Barre's Granted Penguins podcast archives located on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um. Did he have it right? What, like the riddle that was left for him yeah. before? No, but he barely tried, unlike you, who oh, actually okay. who gave a thoughtful answer despite it not being the correct. Yeah. One. Okay. Gave a thoughtful. Yeah, answer. I I think a lot in uh, metaphors and stuff like that. So, metaphors. Uh, yeah. So I was kind of on the same thing. It's just it wasn't physical footsteps. Mm, yeah, you were you but were the, thinking more nebulous be, concepts. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Mm, exactly. How often do you sit around and think of the passage of time? Not really. <laughs> Try not to think yeah, about it. Yeah, no. I meditate a little bit yeah. to not think about stuff. Meditate to <laughs> not think about stuff. Is that how you wind down, like, before or after a game? What a gets you, like, bit. zoned in? Yeah. Uh, no, I have, like, a, an app. It's called Headspace. I've, I've heard of this. That I started doing a couple of years ago. I do, like, a 10-minute uh, breathing exercise meditation thing, like, before games. Okay. Uh, which I feel like helped me zone in a little bit. And even if I had like a stressful day or something, like it calms, this is how you can calms just me get down centered, a lot. Yeah. Makes me focus on. Uh, and I feel like it's it's a big subject. I feel like why so many people, obviously, mental health issues is a big thing with mm-hmm. hockey players and, and stuff like that. I feel like it's because it's a lot of pressure. Yes. A lot of stress. Uh, and I think as as young kids obviously some 
are better than others to mm-hmm. handle it. And I feel like that's so that's one thing why people quit hockey at a certain age when they're teenagers is because some feel like the pressure is too much on them. Yeah. Or they can't handle it or they and I feel like uh now I'm 32, obviously I've been uh, going through stuff in my career as well, but I feel like to find the balance mm-hmm. with how do you live this lifestyle and and have the stress and pressure you have all the time but in a healthy way how do you control it Mm -hmm. so it doesn't go into addiction or depression or or you know what i mean like it's not even just in hockey it's in in life too and i feel like for me meditation is a good way for me to be grounded yes and reset my 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 brain a little bit and, and keep me calm uh, and I feel like I've been doing it for the last couple of years, and it's a thing where uh, I think uh, it's 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 been really helping me to have a healthy approach to this lifestyle and and to this position. Because obviously, g- being a goalie, you want to talk about pressure. Whew, yeah. One one day you can be the hero, and one day uh, you can feel like you, you're not worth a lot. But yeah. obviously, you are. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a game. Um, so I feel like it's it's been helping me a lot. I feel like in the summers too, I fish a lot. Okay. Being out in nature has That's a very nice calming. Exactly. Hobby. I feel like a lot of hockey players they play golf in the summers. Yes, they do. I picked it up a little bit, obviously, because I have to, because everybody plays <laughs> everybody it, else does. and I don't like. You don't want to get left behind. No, exactly. <laughs> but for me, in the summer, because in season it's a you go into this bubble where it's so much you want to perform well you want to do everything you can to be successful but it takes a lot of energy as well so you have to find ways how do you get and uh, get mm-hmm. energy and 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 recharge your battery if you if you would say yeah so re- i feel recharge like charge is a good way to exactly put it. Yeah. so in the summers i've been i love being out on the water just listening to some nice tunes and and uh, fishing is is a big thing what's on the playlist What's on the Magnus Helberg fishing playlist? Normally, when I f- go fishing with my buddies, I I like obviously since my stint in Nashville, this organization country guy, country guy, really, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, Do you have a fave? I don't know if he's really country country now, but I've been listening a lot lately. Uh, Zach Bryan. Okay, yeah. But like stuff like that, just like calm. Like I played the guitar a little bit. I did a lot back in the day. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but. I love like if a guy just picks up a guitar and starts singing like in Nashville in any bar you went to the one that performed live yeah. is unbelievable. I that's what everybody says. I've never been. I've had a couple chances to yeah. go, haven't done it, but that's what everyone says. You walk into a bar, somebody's playing music and they're it's crazy. the best. You're like how is this person exactly. not worldwide famous yeah, right now? Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I like listening to country music. Like obviously I listen to a lot of music, but country music, being on the water, with my friends or family, it's a, it's a good way to recharge your batteries. It's like a a a, a big contrast of how the in season is. So Which I feel like that's crazy uh, breakneck pace all the time. Exactly, fishing and you just take a breath and yeah. let the fish come to you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, to kind of backtrack here to the meditation thing you were talking about before, was that something uh, that you were always interested in, or how were you kind of introduced to it? No, hmm, I can't really remember. I think. Back in the day, you always been. Uh, you're not supposed to talk how you feel or suck yeah. it up. You know, like this mentality to, uh, if you say, uh, 
what you actually feel. You're you're a weak man, or you know, yeah, or, or, like, or suck just it like, oh, what's yeah. wrong with him? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and I felt like, obviously, the last I don't know ten years, I feel like uh, the mental health issue thing has been a big part of the agenda. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's great that people come out and talk about how they feel and stuff like that. And in the beginning, I thought meditation was kind of like, oh, what is that? Like, how, uh, Sounds like some bygone like yeah, old medicine exactly. kind of thing. I sit there, I breathe, I don't think about things. How is that going to make and me feel better? And people are like, this is weird. Like, Even I remember like we were kids. Like, we, I don't know, we were probably like nine or ten years old. Like, We had one guy that was meditating bef- before the soccer games. Oh, And okay. I remember everybody, like, he was so way of, ahead of, of his, his time. time. Yeah, a nine-year-old. I remember everybody was like, oh, this guy is weird. Like, why is, why is he just sitting there closing his eyes and breathing? Like, what is he doing? Yeah. But now, like, I started trying it, and I actually felt like, especially in the in the world we live in now, with it's everything is fast-paced. It's mm-hmm. social media. It's your access Instant to your gratification phone. gratification like, you know, everything. It's crazy. Yeah. So, like, how do you take a step back? And I feel like that's a great way to get reset quick. Mm-hmm. Even you don't have to sit sit there for an hour. Like, yeah. I just do 10 minutes and I feel great after. Yeah. So, in the beginning, I was a little bit like, okay, this is just focusing on your breath or, like, zoning out, zoning in. That's kind of what you do. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was pretty hard. But now, I don't know how many minutes because it shows on your app how many minutes you meditated. Yeah. And it's a lot. You're a seasoned veteran at this exactly. point. Exactly, but uh, I mean, you gotta find what's nor like my fiance. I tried to get her into the meditation. Okay, yeah. She doesn't like it at all, so it's not for her. Okay. She yeah, has everybody's different. different ways to cope with her th- things, but no, I recommend everybody to to try it. Obviously, I'm doing uh, the app that I talked about yeah. before. It's called Headspace, and I feel like that's like guided meditation. Mm-hmm. So you have someone that tells you kind of so, what to okay, do. Okay. Yeah. You can do it by yourself too, but I feel like if you want to get into it and try how it is, I feel like that's a great way to do it. Obviously, now I'm making a little ad for that app, but I, I don't get paid. I premature, promise. Premature pens, exactly. But yeah. no, it's uh, for me, it works. Uh, so for people, I, I I would advise people to try it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But if they do, great. You mentioned how it helps you too with the the pressure of the goaltending position. Mm. I know you probably weren't always uh, six foot six tall. So what made you want to be a goalie when you were growing up in Sweden? Oh wow! What's the origin story here? So the story is actually I was living in a we were living in an apartment. Okay. It's like a, a big apartment complex, and it was uh, uh, two guys that was four years older than me that was mm. playing street hockey. Outside, we had like a big square, like of concrete, and they were playing with a small net, and they were playing uh, street hockey. But they had like a a plastic ball. Uh-huh. Uh, in Sweden, we have a it's called floor ball. I don't know. Okay, if... yes, I've I've seen this. So it's kind of indoor. You run, but you kind of have uh, sticks yeah. and a ball. Uh, but you can put like a plastic bag into this because the ball was uh, hollow. Okay, like, there was nothing in it. Mm-hmm. So you could put stuff like a plastic. Bag to inside. weight it down a little bit exactly so it got pretty heavy so you played with that and obviously i wanted to play with the older kids because i was like oh this yeah, come on yeah yeah and like, oh cool yeah kids. you can play with us but you have to be a net you have to be the goalie you have to be the goalie and i'm like oh okay like i want to play with them and i remember they were shooting so hard and like i tried so hard because i wanted to play with them and uh-huh. like, i remember it, like 
I got hit by the ball. It was hurting so bad. I was crying. Like <laughs> I went to my mom and I was like, "Mom, like they only made me play goalie. Like I want to be a player too." Like she came out and yelled at them for a little bit. Like, "Hey, you can't only be a goalie. Like, you got to let him play out like a little bit." Yeah. yeah. He has to be a player too. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." I played player for like 10, 15 minutes, and then when she they saw she went back in, they're like, "Hey, go back in there." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, five years old yeah, at the you're time. Yeah, like, oh, okay. But then. Like a year later, I think I started skating mm-hmm. in like the skating school, and and then the year after, when I was seven, I think or six or seven, I started picking up. Like we started playing hockey for a team. Yes. And obviously, they were like, "Who want to be the goalie?" And I was, uh, I was like, "I can try it." Cause yeah. I've been doing the street hockey. I've been doing the street, but I've been taking weighted balls exactly. to the chest for a year now. Uh, and I kind of liked it, like. I, I, I thought I was pretty good at it. Uh, and then we had, like, we had a, one set of gear, I think, or two. And the first guy that showed up for practice mm-hmm. got to pick the goalie gear. Okay. So after a while, obviously, I knew I wanted to be a goalie. Mm-hmm. So I forced my dad. I was like, Dad, we got to go early. We got to get there now. First guy so I can pick the goalie gear. Uh, and that's kind of how it started a little bit. And dad was was dad a little uh, hesitant at first? Was he like ah, I don't know? No, Do you really want to be a goalie? Or was he, he like was all right? Let's get was, in the car. Yeah, he was a soccer goalie. Okay, a little bit growing up too. So obviously he supported what what uh, I did. They both my parents has been really supportive throughout both my and my my. I have an older sister. Uh, she's two years older than me, so she was. Uh, they've been supporting us whatever we wanted to do as as kids. Um, so yeah, we tried a lot of sports, but no, it was fun. Uh, so that's how I started. Yeah, that's the origin story. Yeah, of Magnus Helberg, and now here we are, <laughs> all of these years later, far all away these from different home. cities, yeah. far away from home, but still stopping pucks. Now a dad too. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Well, Magnus, throughout all of your travels, and clearly just talking to you, you're you're an expert on a number of different things. You have expertise and while i still have some time with you here on the podcast i want to get to another segment that we do here where we can put your expertise to the test (laughs) okay are you familiar with ted talks yeah oh a little bit a little bit but you know the the general um vibe of them you get some big brain person on stage and they tell you all about information that you need to know about a little known subject or they completely say you think you know about this but actually, it's this, yeah. and they completely change your worldview on it. Well, this is something we do on the podcast called Welcome to My TED Talk. I want to see how you do here. If you don't mind passing me that hockey helmet over there, mm-hmm. inside there this helmet are a number of prompts that you have never seen before. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to reach into this helmet, and I'm going to pull out two prompts. You will get <laughs> to choose from the, one of those two prompts and give us an unscripted, completely impromptu TED Talk on that subject as if you were the expert on stage. Oh, Mike. Now, if you don't like the two subjects that you get, we can reach in again for a third option, but then you are locked in. The choice Ooh. is taken away. You have to do the third one. It's a lot of pressure. I think i got to meditate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give them 10 minutes. Give them 10 minutes. Tune in in 10. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, okay. so I'm going to pull these is out here. Is it two in, on one paper? No, no, no. So okay. uh, I'll pull out one. I'll okay. pull out one. And then I can you choose. You get to choose or you say, I want the third one. Oof, okay. Okay. So let's see what we got here. Magnus Helberg, will your TED Talk be about eSports? Mm. eSports, online 
competitive gaming. Oh, yeah. I'm an old gamer, but I don't know about that. Oh, oh geez. Okay. Or how to hit the perfect tee shot. You said you've trifled with golfing with your friends, but you prefer fishing. So you're giving us a TED Talk on eSports, a TED Talk on how to hit the perfect tee shot, or are we reaching in for number three? That's so, I don't know. This is a challenge. This is a challenge. Yes. Oh, my God. How to, If I would be good at golf, I could probably give some actual some good, good advice, tips. But uh, a TED Talk. I'll do this one. What, which one are you choosing? How to hit the perfect tee shot. So we're going to get golf tips, golf mm. expertise. From the self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed golf, golf expert, <laughs> Magnus Helberg. Hello, everybody. My name is Magnus Helberg. And I'm going to teach you how to hit the perfect tee shot. I think we've all been there that plays golf. You know, you step up. You're, uh, you want to do the perfect drive, just straight as an arrow. All your buddies or people are watching. You have a lot of pressure. And you feel like this is my moment to shine. And today is your lucky day because I'm going to teach you how you can manage to do this just by listening to this TED Talk. This is the only tutorial you will ever need. Everything you learned in the past, you can throw out of the window because this is how to hit the perfect tee shot. So the first thing you wanna do is you wanna look at the movie Happy Gilmore, see how Adam Sandler does it, and not do that. <laughs> You want to go up, you want to take the, I don't know what you say in English, the peg? The the, the tea. The tea? Yeah. Is that what we call it? What do you tea? call it in Swedish? Like, uh, peg. Oh, okay. Peg. You take the peg. You peg, the, the tea. And obviously you put a ball on it. And you want to kind of, so let's do it, you're going to hit with the driver. So you put your, if you hit right, you want to put your left foot forward. And if you're left, your right foot facing forward. I hit right, so my left foot is going to be forward. And you want to have uh, kind of the ball a little bit more to your left foot uh, than your right. Um, so it's a little bit ahead of you. You want to have a uh, relaxed, maybe, I don't even know how long, 30 centimeters. Of, uh, so that's two, fo two feet ahead. Sure, we'll say that. Yeah, okay. Sounds we'll good. We'll generalize. Yeah, and you want to just... Be relaxed. You want to have... I feel like a lot of people uh, hit the... They have a lot of tension when they hit. Mm -hmm. You want to make the club do the work. You want to have loose hips. Your backswing should be up over your back. Um, <laughs> and when you go down, you look at the ball. It's really important you look at the ball when you hit it. I've done that mistake a lot of times. You have forgotten to look at the ball? Yeah. Don't take your eye off the ball. No. Eyes on the prize. Exactly. And then kind of visualize where you want to take it, and it's going to go there. Uh, and, yeah, just follow through with the swing. 
and you will be all good to go. Or you can listen to me how to not make the perfect tee shot. Yeah. How this to is not, really tough. How to not make the perfect tee exactly. shot is important to know how to hit the perfect exactly. tee shot. I know so, what yeah. not to do. Exactly. There you go. So that might be my take on my TED Talk today because this is pretty hard. <laughs> You're doing great, by yeah. the way. You're doing great. So I think uh, that's it for today. I think uh, <laughs> if you want to know uh, how it is, you can DM me and say if you had a perfect tee shot or not. Uh so yeah. If the okay. answer is yes, you owe it all to him. If the answer is no, keep working. It's exactly. not his fault. Yeah, this was really hard. But <laughs> thank you for listening. Hey. Hey. Well done. No, that was That's, tough. It's very challenging. I think you did great. Your thank you. your intro was the best one yet. Yeah, I, I can think say that I, certainly. The intro I was happy with, but then talking about the subject that was pretty tough because I kind of really don't know how to it hit the perfect t shirt. Exactly. So I tried to make something up, but I no, it's hard. You, d- you did a good job. Plus, I feel like sports TED Talks would be difficult in general because there's a lot of body motions and mechanics that are involved, just mm. like in golf, to just be standing there with a exactly. microphone on stage. How do you show people physical I like physical listening movements? to TED Talks, though. They're great. They are. You can learn a lot of stuff. I feel like I should listen to them more because mm-hmm. every so often, I don't know what it'll be, once every three, four months, one will get recommended to me in my YouTube algorithm. Yeah. Go, oh, sure, like I'll put this on while I'm doing dishes or something like that. And then I get locked I in. I had a time where I actually did that. Yeah. When I was cooking food, I was listening to you TED Talks. You were listening to TED Talks? Yeah. I'll I do felt it. so smart for a while. Exactly. One, once in a while, I'll be like, oh, this is great. I should do this more. I should watch more of these. And yeah. then I completely don't. I forget. And you I end up uh, watching some uh, random show on Netflix. I watch something stupid exactly. that rots my brain and eliminates <laughs> any of the goodwill that I just gave my knowledge. Exactly. It's completely eliminated. And then the cycle repeats itself. Four months later, a new one gets recommended. I'm lying in bed. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. This is cool. Exactly. And then I forget it all. And- we all been there. We've all been there. Not many people have been on stage giving a TED Talk, but now you can kind of sort of say that you have, Magnus Helberg. That's true. I don't know if I'm proud of it, but I've done it. You've done it first. Exactly. You learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes and get better next time, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So the next time you give a TED Talk on whatever it may be, goaltending or meditation or a combination of the two, you're going to be ready. You're going to learn from those previous mistakes, and you're going to give the best damn TED Talk of your life. Exactly. I love your energy. Thank you. Well, it's about all the energy I have left because this is the conclusion of our episode of the (laughs) Penguins podcast. But, Magnus, before I let you completely off the hook and let you get back to the little bebe, Mm -hmm. we have to do one final thing here on the show. You kind of talked about it a little bit, so I think I know what direction we're going here. This is Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Magnus, what I have my guests do at this time in every episode is give a recommendation to our listeners. And it can be just like the question – about anything in the world. There are no limitations to what your recommendation can be, whether it is an activity, an entertainment, um, or just something that you think is underappreciated and deserves a shout-out here. Magnus, what is your Pens pick? Oh, wow. Like anything. 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 You've already gave a ringing endorsement of meditation. Um. Mm. Uh... I'm kind of big into economics and, like, savings and stocks and funds and all that fun stuff. Any TED Uh, Talks to recommend? Not that I can come up (laughs) with now, but um, a book I think everybody should read Mm. is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. 
By whom? Uh, well, I have to look up the name. That's fine. But I've been reading it a couple times. But uh, it's a great book. By Robert Kiyosaki. And Sharon Lecter. Yeah. Okay. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It has a 4.1 out of 5 on Goodreads. I don't know if that is a reliable book review website, but Magnus Helberg's recommendation should be enough for you people. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. About economics, savings. What, what, yeah, what obviously that sounds really boring, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I started when, obviously, I... Uh, went from not making any money to making a lot of money and Makes i kind of wanted to learn how to like it's how to responsibly manage those exactly. finances yeah and you don't have to make a lot of money to be good at uh, at that stuff you don't have uh, to make a lot of money to be good at money exactly yeah and you don't have to make a lot of money to save money exactly obviously it can be a little easier but <laughs> it's more about like the mindset and everything how you see uh, okay. money and it's uh, one of the books I read in the beginning, and uh, I like it a lot, so I recommend people doing that. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a Penn's pick from Magnus Helberg. I'll throw one out there to you. If you don't feel like reading and you want to watch a movie at this holiday season, maybe a new entry into Christmas movie uh, regulars, mm-hmm. The Holdovers. New movie, any really? movie that came out recently. Paul Giamatti, who is always, without exception, amazing. He's at the top of his game in it. It's about kids at a prep school. Okay. They all go home for the holidays, except for four or five of them. Their families are either away, on vacation, uh, deployed in the army or something like that. So those kids have to stay at the, the prep school, the boarding school, throughout the holidays. And Paul Giamatti is the teacher who is assigned to watch over these kids during the holidays. They're not happy to be there. He's not happy to be there. It's a good movie. It's fantastic. Me Where and can a, you see it? Me and a couple pe- so me and a couple people from the office went to go see it during its limited release in theaters. We mm. thought it was just mm. a limited release. You only have a small window to go yeah. see it. It then, after being a rousing uh, critical success in its limited release, got a wide release. So I think you can go wow. see The Holdovers in theaters right now. Obviously, if you're listening to this episode uh, in the future or something like that, look it up, see if it's streaming anywhere. But I think it might be a new Christmas classic. Just a great story, heartwarming tale of a curmudgeonly old man and a bunch of bratty kids that get together during the holidays. That's awesome. Who have no choice try. but to get along. I'll see if I can bring my baby to the theater. So I don't know. It might be tough. Might I have be a little bit tough. Yeah. When she has a nap, yeah. if they have a movie. A little time. bit of like yeah. Coco Melon or something on the iPad on the side and exactly. holdovers for mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my Penn's pick, and this has been your Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast, Helly. I always forget to do this, but I will ask you if you have any social media accounts. If you wish to be found, where can people find you? I don't use it that much, but I'm on Instagram, and my name is Helberg45. Helberg so my last 45. name and my number on e- my jersey. Easy enough to remember, right? Yeah. Do we get baby pics on there? Yeah. That, there's there, a few there's of your them. hook. There's yeah. your hook, people. There's a picture of Freya. Proud dad. So, yeah. Awesome. A couple hockey picks and some uh, family picks for sure. Hockey picks and family picks on the gram of Helberg45. <laughs> uh, once again, Heli, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me here. It's My been pleasure. awesome chatting with you. Like I said, I trapped you. We got you in here, but I think this has been a successful yeah, episode of the podcast. Been, uh, it's been fun. I had fun. I had fun too. I don't know if my TED Talk was uh, a hit, but uh, I had fun. I, I think it was I a hopefully. Hit. People that listen to had fun. 
well, hanging out with us today. What do you think, folks? Did you have a good time? If you did, make sure to leave us a positive review. Give us the old five stars. It goes a long, long way. Magnus, say goodbye to the people out there. Take care. Drive safe. See you next time. See you next time, folks. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks, folks. So I will bid you adieu. Let's go, Pants. Let's go, Pants.